Hey there, welcome to Pickled Parables. This podcast is presented by Parable Ministries as a Bible teaching resource. Thank you for joining us. Pickled Parables is a podcast about taking in and living out the Bible. Here we will study, contemplate, and testify to the Bible's incredible teachings and how it leads us to live better lives. To stay up to date with all things Parable, follow us on Instagram at parable underscore ministries and visit our website at parableministries.com. We hope today's message finds you well. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Pickled Parables. My name is Jesse, and I'm very, very glad to be here with you again. Our goal in this lesson today is to conclude our study of the epistle of 2 Peter. Together, we'll walk through the third chapter, which wraps up this book with a nice, tightly bound bow. The author of this epistle, commonly accepted to be the Apostle Peter, makes clear his motivations and final instructions within these last few paragraphs. So he begins this conclusion with what has been designated as chapter 3, verse 1. Let's take a look at it together. The author writes, This is now the second letter that I am writing to you, my beloved. In both of them, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. Knowing this first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. They deliberately overlook this fact, that the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God, and that by means of these, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. However, do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but he is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on the earth will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, What sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? But, according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth, 
in which righteousness dwells. This passage is filled to the brim with Old Testament callbacks, which is fitting as we first hear a call to remember. The author says, I'm stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. This instruction to remember is being given in light of the scoffers who will come with mocking disdain. They will mock the faith. They will scoff at God's promises, saying, Where is he? It's it's taking too long. They will see the enticement of their selfish desires, and they will enter fully into self-gratification, forgetting the words of God. But under Peter's name, this letter encourages the remembrance of God's promises, promises that have already been fulfilled and promises that are yet to come. Earlier in this letter, in chapter 1, it is said, For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, behold, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were there with him on the holy mountain. This passage is referring to the transfiguration of Jesus from Matthew chapter 17. It's also mentioned in Luke chapter 9. This was an event that Peter was present for, and it was an incredible moment that I'm sure Peter remembered for the rest of his life. And Peter uses this moment to say, we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place. Know this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. You know, one of the most fascinating revelations in the Bible is how God partnered with people, people like the prophets that Peter's talking about, in order to communicate and demonstrate his desire for relationship with all of mankind. In our modern world, the Old Testament has the potential to be forgotten. Due to the new covenant that we have with Jesus Christ and the accomplishment of Christ fulfilling the Mosaic law, there are some who say that the Old Testament is no longer important. Everything that we need for a, a good Christian life can be found right, right here in the New Testament. I issue caution. Even with the fulfillment of the Mosaic Law, there is so much value in the Old Testament books. Granted, yes, the, the New Testament is easier for a Western audience to grasp 
as it was written in Greek and prepared for a more Hellenistic worldview, which corresponds easier to a Western audience than, say, Hebrew, the Old Testament is harder to read and to comprehend because we here in the States, at least, we have a very, very little relation to the culture that it was written in. It is harder to read, but that shouldn't keep us from it. The books of the Old Testament, the, the Torah, the historical narratives, the wisdom books, and the prophets, the, the books of the Old Testament are filled with the invaluable words of God. It is from books like these that we are able to find the promises of God. It is from books like these that we are able to remember. It is when we neglect the promises of the Old Testament that we begin to veer off course. For as the scoffers would say in 2 Peter chapter 3, they will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlook this fact, that the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water, and through water by the word of God, and that by means of these the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. Peter is referring to the book of Genesis. The opening line of that book is, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, in the ancient Hebrew imagination, deep waters were associated with uncontrollable chaos. And, I mean, if you imagine being on a wooden ship during an ocean storm, you'd probably come to the same conclusion. Water cannot support the footsteps of man. Moving water cannot be manipulated into a shelter. It is an inhospitable landscape. Water is it's, it's an uncontrollable force of nature. But what is the first thing we see God doing in Genesis? God took control of this uncontrollable chaos, and he used it to create a sustainable world for creatures of all kinds. And he did it with the words of his mouth. When we approach the story of the great flood, we see God use the same authority to command the rush of water to cleanse away the sin of the land. God allowed this untamable chaos to overtake mankind. History is not stagnant. The claim of the scoffers that all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation is inaccurate. God has been interacting and working among his people throughout time. Even during the flood, 
we have a narrative of God remembering his promise of salvation. He had set aside a faithful man and his family for the sake of saving the human race. In Genesis chapter 8, it says, But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth, and the waters subsided. We must never forget the promises of God, lest we become the scoffers. Peter then makes an important observation in chapter 3 of his second letter. He says in verse 8, Do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but he is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Friends, please listen. Do not mistake God's patience with inactivity. Just as how God washed away the sin and corruption of the world with the great flood, he will purify this present world with the word of his judgment. The earth and all the works of the earth will be exposed. But the difference between the great flood and this impending judgment of fire is the coming of Jesus. It is through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ that we have been redeemed and bestowed his Holy Spirit. Christ will return, and at his coming, he will bring such a purifying intensity that the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Like pure metals in a furnace, the Lord will search for his faithful. This passage continues on with verse 11. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening along the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. I really enjoy how Peter asks this question of what sort of people ought we to be? Because he doesn't really give an answer to it. It seems like a question for meditation. What sort of people ought we to be in light of Christ's return? One thing that it, we ought to be as noted at the beginning of this passage, and again here at the end, is that we should be people of remembrance. People who remember the promises of God. 
Peter concludes by stating, Therefore, my beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found in him without spot or blemish and at peace. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given to him, as he does in all of his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and the unstable twist to their own destruction, as they do to other scriptures. You, therefore, my beloved, knowing this beforehand, Take care that you are not carried away by the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. I agree with these writings, and I wish you the same as the author. May you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Truly, to him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Thank you for listening to Pickled Parables. If you enjoyed this message, please rate us, subscribe, and share with your friends. If you're interested in more things like this, check out our secondary podcast called My Dusky Bible. To stay up to date with all things parable, follow us on Instagram at parable underscore ministries, and visit our website at parableministries.com. Parable is a volunteer organization, and we would deeply appreciate your prayers. Thank you for joining us today. We'll catch you later.